But if you're a long-term investor and you want more cash flow, more note payments coming in, and, and you've got a 10-year game versus a one-year I need cash game, then you need to find that specific mentor. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Danny Weber. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Danny. He is a real estate broker, the owner of the Texas Property Manager and the Texas Builder. He has 15 years of real estate experience, and he's done approximately 150 flips, over 40 wholesales, and over 30 notes. He's based in Austin, Texas, and you can say hi to him at myhomesimple.com. So, Danny, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. Background going way back in military law enforcement. I've got an MBA in business management and finance. Lots of hands-on experience, I believe, in getting dirty on job sites, learning how to do all the trades, which is one of the reasons I started the construction company. My focus today primarily, though, is I've been liquidating a lot of rentals and getting cash heavy just with all the craziness going on in the world. I'd rather have a lot of uh, dry powder on the side ready to deploy as deals become available. So focus for me right now is macro and microeconomics and trying to take the big macro picture 
and drill down to how it specifically is going to manifest itself in Austin's market because we're a little bit of a strange market comparatively speaking to most other places in the U.S. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you said you, you had a lot of money and you're kind of like in the researching educational phase right now? Mm-hmm. Perfect. So what are some of the things you've discovered, uh, particularly about your market? Well, there's a lot of uh, dynamics going on, obviously, with what we're going through with the pandemic and everything. And, and so what I'm doing right now is I'm following the macroeconomic picture, meaning the Fed money printing, the financial stimulus and incentives from the government, and then how that's affecting current mortgage market and real estate market, both nationally and locally. So, for instance, in normal times, in a non-distorted macroeconomic market, when the Fed prints trillions and trillions of dollars and then they're deployed to the folks on the ground, typically you would see some type of inflation, or typically you would see some type of devalue in our currency. But we're not seeing that because there's such a shortage of dollars in the world, which is counterintuitive to a normal macro investor or even a real estate guy because As a real estate guy, when our currency devalues and you're in fixed long-term debt, that's good for you. When a loaf of bread goes to $10 and in the house that you paid $100,000 for five years ago now costs a lot more just because of the devaluation of our dollar, it's good for you, especially if you've got long-term low interest rate debt. So throw that in the mix with the deferments of the evictions, the foreclosures, And then add on top of that, the fact that a lot of the lenders that did that are going to want three months plus one when the deferments are over, the increased delinquency rates on both autos and home loans. I can go over a hundred other macro and micro indicators, but you take all that information and then you're like, how is that going to affect Austin? Because Austin's one of the strongest real estate markets in the country. It's been that way for, for probably a decade and there's no signs of that slowing. So some of the problems that we face in Austin, for instance, is our rental prices have not kept up with our purchase prices and sales prices. In addition to Austin not having state income taxes, we've got a high property tax rate. So if you looked on the MLS right now in Austin and specifically looked at single family residents that you were looking, hey, I want to buy a rental. I've got traditional 25% down going conventional, let's just say four, four and a quarter percent interest rate. You're not going to find probably more than five properties in the entire MLS that would cash flow with their traditional 25% down investor purchase, which is a big problem for us. And so we end up having to go further and further out in the concentric ring theory until we're outside of Travis County proper. We're outside of Williamson County, although you can still get some deals in far-fetched Travis, far-fetched Williamson. You end up going to two or three counties away to get deals that make sense for monthly cash flow. Now, the flip side of that is that the appreciation in Austin is pretty substantial compared to a lot of other places in the country. So some of the strategies the investors are using in this area is they're okay breaking even every month or not making any money or even being up five every month because the appreciation rates are so high. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what a lot of folks are doing. The other thing we're doing a lot down here, and we have been for years, but we're really really trying to acquire properties, do non-qualified loan assumption strategies, and then doing mortgage wraps on them so that we're carrying notes and not rentals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do do you mind expanding on that? So you said, instead of buying the property, you're buying the notes on those properties? Typically what we're doing, I'll give you a generic number here, is if we find a distressed home seller, even a non-distressed home seller, and they've got a $100,000 property, which is non-existent in Austin, but we'll just use that for simple math. 
and you do the research on the tax database and you find out that their payoff is approximately $87,000. So they've got 13000 equity minus closing cost commissions and everything. You would go to that person and say, hey, I want to take over your note, non-qualified loan assumption for five years. I'm going to give you $10,000 at closing and I'll have the note paid off or refinanced in five years. So what that allows you to do is it allows, number one, a quick closing, assuming title work and the property checks out. It allows a quick closing, no banks are involved, no approvals are involved, and you can put that property in whatever entity you want it to be in. So you can avoid the debt-to-income ratio hit on your normal credit. You still got to do the tax thing at the end of the year. There's still tax implications, but you can at least avoid the debt-to-income ratio hit on your credit. So from there, say I've acquired property in company A, non-qualified loan assumption, I could then put it on the MLS the following week and sell it to buyer B at 110, 115, because people are going to pay a premium for owner finance properties. I'm going to hold the note to the end buyer, and I may have an underlying lien from the person I bought it from at 4 or 4.5%. I'm selling it to the end buyer at 7, 8, 9, 10, 12%, whatever the negotiated interest rate is going to be. And I'm basically pocketing the interest rate spread from the underlying lien to the wrapped note to buyer, to buyer B every month. And I'm avoiding the maintenance, late rent, and all this other crazy stuff that I have to deal with. And if the person ever stops paying, then I just foreclose on the property versus evict them. Let me try to say this back to you, make sure I'm, I'm grasping this properly. So you find out you're someone who owns a home. And when you say they're distressed, that means they're delinquent on their taxes, they're delinquent on their mortgage payments. Could be any and all of the above. Could, could okay. be notes, taxes, they got HOA liens. Or the other thing we run into a lot down here is people just want to sell the property quick. They don't want people in their house checking it out, kicking the tires, nickel and dime on negotiations. So they'll just say, if you bought my house today, what, how much would you give me? And can I sure. live with that? Okay. So you determine how much debt they have in the property. So in your example, you said $100,000 house with $87,000 in debt. And so you'll go to them and you'll say, you'll take over their note. You'll give them some sort of down payment. And then you'll pay that note off in five years. So I guess one thing I have a question on is, are you just paying them and then they're paying their mortgage or are you actually paying the bank directly? No, I make it sound simple, but there's a few moving parts. So when we sign the agreement and we're at closing, we get obviously some really tight POAs and, and borrower authorizations to communicate with their bank. We typically want the login for their bank system. And then we change the address for all correspondences with the underlying lien and bank. And then from there, typically what we're doing in my operation is we'll just set up the payments going out auto-draft every month so we don't have to worry about them. But if we can't set up auto-draft, then we'll just go hit a local branch every month. We've got a few that we do that with. We don't like to, it's just reality. And we make the payments directly every month. And then the person that we sell it to, they pay us. So that selling point for the underlying lien holder borrower is that we're going to help your credit. We're going to have 100% on-time payments for the next 60 months. Perfect. Do you have some sort of agreement with them paying you something on top of the mortgage payments? It's like like the mortgage payments plus 4.5%, you said? Yeah, it's going to be the negotiated rate. Back in the day when QM came out, Dodd-Frank and all that other stuff, there was a max overage for lending rate. I think it was 3.5 APOR, which is the average rate of the day. And so you were locked into that. And then as Dodd-Frank kind of lost his teeth and the QM standards they didn't go away, but they're just not enforced right now at all. And so the last you know, three to five years, and I don't know the specific time, but there's a lot of national lenders that have non-QM products, non-Dodd-Frank compliant products. And so everybody kind of just went in, in that direction now where 
you ask somebody about Dodd-Frank QM compliance, it's really not an issue. Whereas before, when it first came out, the world was ending, the sky was falling. You couldn't do owner finance deals. You couldn't do adjustable rate mortgages. You couldn't do this over five years. So there was a lot of issues. People were scared, but that's gone away now. And so I'm actually a mortgage broker in RMLO. So I do a lot of the compliance side. If I get an investor that says, hey, Danny, I know I don't need to do this, but I want to make sure that this is as close to QM Dodd-Frank compliance as I can get. And what we focus a lot on is focusing on the end buyer's ability to repay the loan and making sure that if at some point you're saying, hey, we didn't take advantage of this buyer. It wasn't like the old days in California where they had the option arms and you could put a $300,000 yearly salary working at Walmart, right? So we actually dig deep. We verify income, verify assets, pull credit, and look at at least one or two years tax returns. And that gets the file as close to Dodd-Frank QM compliant as you can get even if you are charging over the 3.5 APOR on an interest rate. Like I've got some investors I know that have done 12% interest with an underlying lien of 4%. So they're pocketing 3, 4, 5, up to 8% in interest per month in a note versus $150 to $300 per month in rental income, mm-hmm. you know, minus vacancies, minus maintenance. So it's a much stronger strategy to use. It's a lot more hands-off and Today, I've been doing this for about a decade. To date, I've had to take back probably three properties, and all three of them have gone the route of cash for keys. So here's a couple thousand dollars. Here's a deed to sign, sign the property back over to me. Thanks. The biggest part of the strategy that's the most exciting for investors is, you know, let's say out of, out of pocket on that same scenario, $100,000 current value, $87,000. Let's say that I give the underlying seller $10,000, and then I've got another $3,500 in closing costs. So I'm out of pocket, 13, let's just say 14 for easy math. Typically, when I'm reselling that property on the MLS or through, I get, there's a bunch of agents that do nothing but owner finance deals, and so they've got buyers lined up. I will get back about 80 to 90%, sometimes 100 plus percent of my cash out of pocket on the deal. So if I'm doing a $20,000 down payment, follow me on this. To the buyer B, I've got to pay a commission out of that. So I'm a few thousand dollars out on a commission. I'm a broker, so I don't have to pay seller's agent commissions. But long story short is if I pay a commission, I get all the money back that I put into the deal, meaning the first 14000 I pay a, a $3,000 commission, and then I've got you know, 1500 in closing. I'm up to eighteen, nineteen thousand 19000 At the second closing, well, theoretically, I'm completely whole out of any dollars out of pocket, plus I'm 1000 above. I've made 1000 plus. I'm getting monthly cash flow in the form of a note versus rental income. So yeah. that happens less than 50% of the time, but it still happens where you're made completely whole at the end of the transaction, the second sale. And the other times that it's not, you may be out of pocket, three, five, seven, ten thousand. But the benefit is if I bought this property traditionally, I'd be out of pocket twenty-five grand up front just for the twenty-five percent down plus closing costs. I was gonna ask you, how do I find these types of properties to buy the notes off of? It's the same process that you use to find properties in distress, delinquency list, foreclosure list, tax delinquent list, and also what I consider a pretty advanced investor market compared to other areas that I'll talk to folks in, is they're still doing the door knock and they're still sending mass letters to areas. And one of the tricks is just to get on the MLS. You know, there's statistics out there that say people sell their homes an average of five to seven years after buying in most instances, like some large number over 50%. So if you just do a search on the MLS, very neighborhood-specific properties and areas that you want to be in, not properties, just not the blanket, the whole city. 
pick out a few areas, a few neighborhoods, a few zip codes, and just focus on those and just be the king of that area. So that's what I've done. I've got a few neighborhoods around where I live, really within walking distance of where I live, that I focus on because it's easy to reproduce success if it's close. So you can just send out mailers. You can go bang on the door. Just as a traditional real estate agent, one of the big failings I see in the industry is that most people are just lazy, right? So if I walked my neighborhood and just banged on every door on my street, just at my street alone, and said, hey, I'm Danny Weber. I'm a broker. I live down the street. I want to be the guy you call if you sell your house or you're looking to buy another one. And oh, by the way, do you know what your house is worth? 90% of people are never going to turn down an offer just to get a house value because you're going to go to bed at night feeling better. Oh, guess what? I've got 20000 in equity or 30000 in equity. And long story short is you're just starting conversations. You're building relationships. But at that point, once they say, wow, I would sell if I had 50000 in equity, and then you're like, okay, let me run the numbers and see if you can walk away. And long story short is you can't walk away with 50000 if we go traditional sales because you're paying 6% commissions, you're paying closing costs, you're paying that, which is going to decrease. You're going to be 12 14 15 out of pocket at closing. But if you go owner finance, do non-qualified loan assumption, I can give you forty-five thousand, which is a net to you of seven, eight, nine thousand dollars that you wouldn't have in a traditional sales cycle. That makes sense. One hundred percent. So it sounds like they don't actually have to be distressed either, right? So you, you can don't. without them being distressed. You just need to figure out how much cash they basically want to walk away with, and yeah. then see if it makes more sense see if for you them can make to the do deal it. Work. Yeah. Exactly. This is very interesting because I like the whole note idea. It just sounds very, very complicated and, and i think it actually is but it sounds like once you do it a few times and you understand the process you definitely talked about why it's a lot more beneficial than going the traditional rental route yeah and two things on that so once you get used to doing these number one there's additional disclosures there's additional paperwork you have to go to a very specific title company that's used to doing these transactions because most of your corporate title companies if you brought them this they'd say dude you're crazy you can't do that and, and the reality is you can you violate the due on sale clause, but there's some disclosures that you sign from the seller that says, hey, we're violating your due on sale clause because the property is changing hands. And it's really a who cares type thing because at this point, it could change in the future. But at this point, banks are not calling notes due that are performing, right? They've got a performing Wells Fargo note that they're paying on time every month at 4%. You're not going to spend the ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to foreclose on that property because you're getting your money every month and there's no delinquencies, right? So should that ever occur, there's a couple workarounds because at that point there's a defect on title and the defect on title can be cured just by transferring the property back into the original seller's name, sending Wells Fargo to proof, and then they go away and then you can put it right back into your name. And again, I'm getting a little bit deep into this, but there's a whole strategy and process behind it. It's simple once you do it a few times and you see it laid out, but to wrap your head around it, the first time you're going to be like, well, I've got a, a million questions on how this actually works, right? So I've been doing them for a long time. I've got attorneys down here that do the transactions and they manage the transactions. They have the title companies and it's all pretty flawless. Mistakes are still made, but as long as you've got a good relationship with the seller, anything you need to get signed later or get done later, you're not going to have a problem. Yeah. Okay, Danny, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice is to not think you are Superman because you went through a two-day or one-week course. One of the biggest problems I see, and it's been that way for a long time, is somebody getting some business cards made that say, I'm an investor. They take a weekend course. Heck, they could take a one-week course that costs them $50,000, and then they fail. Being a real estate investor, is, it's not equivalent to putting a Band-Aid on your kid's finger because he's got a cut and you're a doctor. That's not the way it works. It's in-depth. And so I think people fail 
to do proper planning, proper homework, and proper preparation before they become an investor. They think it's easy, and it's really not. Statistically, I think 60 or 70% of investors lose money the first year or two because they just don't know what they're doing, and they just don't have the right team of people around them. I absolutely believe in mentorship. I think it's the best money you can spend. I believe in finding a local mentor that's in your market that is doing the same strategies that you want to do, meaning if you've got a real estate investor that doesn't do a lot of non-qualified loan assumptions, mortgage wraps, but they do a lot of flips and you want to do flips, we'll stick with the guy. But if you're a long-term investor and you want more cash flow, more note payments coming in, and, and you've got a 10-year game versus a one-year I need cash game, then you need to find that specific mentor and pay him. Mentors do not come free if you want them to pay attention to what you've got going on. You're going to have to pay them something, whether it's 100 bucks or 10000 who knows. But you need a paid mentor that will answer your phone and answer your questions when you have them. Okay, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. Okay, first a quick word from our sponsor. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Allie Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website, and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that, though, Allie has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I don't have a best ever book because I get a little bit of greatness from all the books. But I tell you, a topic that I've been reading a lot about lately, probably last year, is minimalism and, and how to filter out all the non-productive, non-value-added tasks and things from your day so that you can work less but be a lot more effective and efficient while you're working. So that's a big body of knowledge that I'm really into right now, and it's already paid off in my opinion. What is the best ever deal you've done? Well, in dollars, it's probably going to be a flip. I made a couple of times 100,000 plus on flips, but in what I think is a cool transaction, I did three wholesale assignments in one day at one time, and I made $20,000 per assignment. So this was back in the day when in Texas you could do an A to B, B to C, but the C buyer was paying off the A's lien. Basically a double close, and you title company just gotten away from those in Texas, but I basically made $60,000 sitting at a table with the title company, same title company, in probably about an hour and a half, as long as it took me to buy three properties and sell three properties at the same table, I made 60 grand, which I thought, it's just a neat thing. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Probably my email, the danny.weber at gmail is probably going to be the most efficient place because I'm on that every day danny.weber at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thanks for sharing your email address and also sharing your in-depth explanation of how to do note buying. So I'm not even going to try to explain it again. I'm probably going to have to listen to it again just to make sure I fully understand it. It's because it's one strategy that I personally haven't talked to people about a lot. So I think this is going to be a very 
valuable episode for best ever listeners, especially as you mentioned during these strange times. So Danny, I really appreciate you coming on the show and speaking with us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you.